Hello and welcome to So Bad It's Good, Inside the Studio, podcast that, as per, always comes with trivia. Here's a fact I found out, Max, oh, only this week. Okay. Even now, I'd still shag Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> because... I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> but technically a fact. Um, but yeah, I saw her being interviewed. It was on. Uh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is. Um, that's one of the best openers I think we've ever had for this episode. Oh, the, uh, the yeah, I saw her being interviewed on YouTube. Yeah. And yeah, she's still good looking. I, I don't have um, an opinion really, but thank you. Thank you for that. That's made my Yeah, because she's she's active in all of these like um you know Trump protests. Yeah. I must have read it somehow, but I thought, yeah, she's still good looking for like 83. Um so this is the mini show where we answer questions about all things film. This week we're combining a few questions that we've received about 80s authority figures. You know the type. The power suit and tie, the button-down haircut, and the self-entitled smile. Your classic movie arsehole. <laughs> Let's crack on then. Can't wait. So, Max, what have we got today? A few, actually, and they're kind of about the same thing, so I thought we'd, we'd answer them as, in a single episode. Um, so Duncan Bradshaw from Newcastle uh, asked us, like, what's your least favourite movie, Dick? Um, he gave a few examples, which we will go into probably in this episode. Um, and then we also had uh, a email from uh, Mary Louise Beth in Idaho uh, saying, hey, guys, want to know if there's any 80s movie douchebag uh, that's your favourite or that you like. Um, and I kind of for me, I think that there's a, there's a group thing in this. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, it's that question. Thanks, Mary Louise Beth. The, it's a good point, actually, because the 80s is the bond, the glue that holds them all together, because it mm. seems to be, I don't know, and I don't like to get on the preachy sort of like socioeconomic side, because, it, you know, it can apply and it can't, it's, it's hit and miss, but it probably comes down to that like Reaganite thing of mm. inside everyone. It was the same with the Thatcherite sort of ideology is that inside, deep down inside everyone. There's, there's a business person who wants to own the business now. Yeah. That's, in my opinion, bullshit. But the that seems to be the thing. Everyone, the, the, the highest you can hope for is to be big suit, flash car, uh, two houses or three houses, whatever, holiday homes, um, and the ability to just trash talk people. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that there's also like a huge element of like bureaucracy within their attitude. Like they're always like the ones who have to follow the the rules or are like you know wrapping people up in legal like the, the legalese or, mm. or the legal structure to make them do these unpleasant or, or kind of give up you know like give up their house or give up their you know or, or give in this item that's really important to the plot of the movie and they're just like absolutely reprehensible there's nothing redeeming about them whatsoever yeah. um but yeah i think i think like there, there's quite a few of them when you start like peeling away at the surface there's quite a few that come to my mind at least i mean for me the one that always sticks out mm. is the guy from ghostbusters i don't know if you, you the mayor 
<laughs> the the mayor is one of them, but I think it's like his 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 name's Walter something, and he's oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. I when 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 this was written down, I thought you were going to talk about the mayor who's just just this typical like uh, status quo guy won't bend the rules. No, I know who no, you Walter, mean. Walter Walter Peck. Walter Peck. Yeah, and he is like he he does this like brilliant job to give him credit but also like angering when you watch it where he just wants to close the ghostbusters down it's like he's like health inspector or something like that and you know to be fair like objectively he has a completely valid point there is a nuclear reactor in the middle of new york that is housing all these ghosts Hmm. and he is naturally concerned about that but they present him as such a dick and as such a like self-entitled you know fully thinks that he's just the most important person thinks that everyone yeah, else yeah. is wrong like really unpleasant person but the thing that makes me absolutely love this 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 kind of movie arsehole is that in this in the ghostbusters movie there's a scene where there's like almost like a, a kind of conference or or like legal intervention and you know walter's saying one thing the ghostbusters are saying another they're arguing and you know he starts saying all these like really like you know they they burned down a museum or something like that um and one of the characters i think it's like um not bill murray but it's the, the other one of the other ones goes oh yeah you know this this guy dickless over here opened the reactor and released all the ghosts back into new york city and he's like and and then the mayor just goes is this true and bill murray says yes it's true this man has no dick and I just I just like for me <laughs> I just remember yeah, when I first heard that. that and I was just in hysterics of just how mm. deadpan Bill Murray delivers that line and how much you could see Walter Peck hating that they even in the midst of this crisis they are still ridiculing him and they're still mm. like yeah. making him such a idiot you know in it I loved it um so yeah so yeah i mean that that for me walter peck epitomizes everything that you would see within a kind of 80s movie authority figure that is brilliant yeah i I, like i say i thought you were going to go for for the mayor but that guy i i can't i don't know the actor's name um but he's been in other things and i'm pretty sure that is he's managed to forge a career out of being like the pompous arse character um okay so my one i've gone to and obviously inside the studio is a bit of a project a splinter project from what we did in the main so bad it's good uh but there's always links and crossovers and and i think here is one of them okay obviously anyone who listened to the original would know i've got a bit of a, a soft spot for um I know what you think. No, I could have gone for obviously Tony Moss from Showgirls, but I haven't. I've, I, and honestly, I think this is a really good example. Okay. You know that I love uh, 90s Roberts, uh, in, in particular, obviously Pretty Woman. Um, I in that played by um, uh, Jason Alexander, mm-hmm. a.k.a. George Costanza in Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. His name is Philip Stuckey, and he plays... Uh, billionaire hedge fund manager Richard Gere's lawyer, or yeah, the lawyer yeah. for the company that he works for and he is oh man this guy is a real piece of work <laughs> um, not only because the thing is it, Jason Alexander does the whole neurotic fast talking bit of a bully attitude brilliantly mm-hmm. so he's got all of like George Costanza's and I know you don't like Seinfeld but no, yeah. I, I quite uh, and he's got all of those funny balls of neurotic stuff that George has 
Yeah. But at least George in Seinfeld is pretty much a self-confessed failure. He knows he's, he can never get a job. He's, mm-hmm. he's bad with women. He, he knows he's a failure. This guy has none of that. This guy's just pure success. Yeah. Rich, lawyer, whatever. Like, there's no hold in this guy back. There's no sort of like stopping. Uh, sadly, in a way, right up until the end where he, he literally does, uh, without the intervention of Richard Gay, rape uh, Julia Roberts at the mm. end of the film. Um, so this guy for me, he was just as soon he's just a smarmy sort of disgusting character, and as soon as he finds out the true, uh, you know, nature, the, well, the true job of of what Vivian does, um, oh my God, he's he's just disgusting, and he thinks he can obviously treat her uh, whatever way he wants. So that guy is is rank, and obviously he does a disservice to um, my, my dream girl as well. So it's it's doubly hurtful. Um, I think Just, it's yeah. Thank God it's it's only a film because believe me, Max, if it was real, I'd be a dual citizen by now. <laughs> the thing is, is that with these all these characters, they're always like protected by this bubble of the system or this bubble of like hierarchy, and that's what's really frustrating is that they are physically weak. They are usually like a real wimp or or, or kind of embarrassment. Um, but because of all these barriers that they've been able to create because they have a certain position in, in, in the in the company or they're able to do certain things that like you know because they're, they're rich enough or something they're able to just yeah. be absolutely horrible characters and so it's so rewarding when you actually see them stripped back and like when all those things go down I mean like, oh. like um, I think like there's a guy in there's a, a similar kind of character within um, Total Recall, um, Cohagen, Cohagen, um, <laughs> and he's like he's a similar thing. And he, again, he has all these like really like wanky phrases that he says. And one of them is just like you know he's he's got like a detonator to a bomb at some point in the movie, and he's just like you know when I press this, you'll all be gone, and I'll be home in time for cornflakes. <laughs> and it's just oh, this like. No what the hell are you talking about type thing and but and so it's it's so rewarding when obviously yeah. arnie is able to square up mm. to him and obviously arnie being this absolute machine of a of a human um like being able to like take him down and stuff it just feels so much more rewarding um but yeah i think that's one thing i you can't stand it because you know that if they were going toe to toe or with the with the protagonist or the main characters of the story, they wouldn't stand a chance. But it's because of all these like these barriers that they've been mm. able to hide behind. They're quite cowardly as well, which yes. I, I can't stand. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. It makes you hate them as well. I was um the other one that I was also wanting to kind of highlight because I think it, they need to be highlighted is uh, the head teacher from the Breakfast Club. No, um, yeah, he's that's an interesting one. That because, yeah, he's basic. I'm sure I've seen him play like jackass businessman in other films. But do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Oh, he's um, go on. I, I, I've it's gonna be he's the police guy in Die Hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know, he's just like that's the one where, like, um, he's the one he's called Dwayne because, yeah, John McClane goes, I wasn't the one who got buff fucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> that's it, that's it, yeah, yeah, but he's in that. And the thing is, in the Breakfast Club, he's quite redeemable at the end because he has that drink with the janitor and they talk about like being kids and yeah. realizing that there's a bit of redeemable yeah, that's but true. at the beginning. He's really horrible, and that what come 
what the actor's name is, but he just goes, does Barry Manilow know you've raided his wardrobe? It's just it's such a brilliant put down. <laughs> such a brilliant put down. Yeah. No, that's um, true. And like you say, it's obviously it was common in the 80s, whether it was a literal CEO or whether it was just like a really uh, tough parent or whether it was a head teacher. It's mm. that mentality. It was just any any authority figure. It bloated yeah. authority figure got it in the neck in the 80s, which was quite good. Um, I, outside of some random examples, I guess I don't have except expanding the concept of asshole out in, into other fields. I think my part and shot will be uh, the drill instructor in Full Metal Jacket in the 80s. I think he is, <laughs> as far as just, again, un, unredeemed, just pure, like, ball of hate and, and nastiness. Yeah. His uh, brilliant insults, though. Yeah. Five foot nine. Oh, didn't know they could stack shit that high. <laughs> he says to one of the guys... I think my favorite one is when he says, "Oh, you know, I bet the guys have se- like sex with another man, and not have the goddamn decency to give him a reach around." I thought that was <laughs> that's brutal, That's brutal, isn't it? it? That um, is that is apparently Kubrick um, let him. I think that guy Arliermi, I think his name was. He didn't do. I think he didn't do many movies. He was a drill. He was shot, yeah, and I think he just said, "Obviously, we've got a script. Try and stick to it, but feel free to come up with." And he, he did come up with some loads of. Callable stuff, I like a private pile. You climb obstacles like old people fuck, I think is a great one. <laughs> I mean, to give him credit, though, I don't know whether this is bravery or stupidity, but he just squared down that that rifle aimed at him and acted like it was nothing, you know, before he yeah. was shot. At yeah, the he end. did. Yeah. He just acts yeah, like yeah. it's absolute nothing, just going like, he just put the gun down. And, and you got to think the ball's on that man to say that. Like, well, maybe it's yeah, just stupidity, true. I don't know. But, you know... Give him credit where credit's due. Any a, anyone else? I think there's got to be one person that like the, the, the probably the pinnacle of it um, is in Die Hard as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Harvey Ellis or Harry Harry Ellis, not Harvey Ellis. Um, I think he has every single trait mm. of a of an of an eighties asshole that you can imagine. He's this coke smoke uh, coke smoking. <laughs> That's how much I know my drugs. Um, but no, he's just he's coke snorting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you smoke coke, don't you? Um, no, he's yeah. He's, he's, I think when you first meet him, he's like snorting coke off Holly Gennaro's desk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's he says something. There's this one bit where it, and he's, then he obviously has all this like Randy. He's like really smarmy and sleazy, and he kind of he gives Holly a, a Rolex for Christmas and stuff like that. And there's this mm. bit when obviously he thinks, oh yeah, I can actually, I you know, yeah, Alan Rickman as, as Hans Gruber, like this amazing villain, like really mm. imposing, very threatening. Mm. Obviously got you know this team of of crack team of of specialist terrorists there. They know what they're doing, and he's like, no, I can do this. Like completely, like the arrogance is through the roof with this guy. Um, it's higher than the Nakatomi Tower, <laughs> and he's just, and he's just like, you know, no, no, look, I I negotiate million dollar deals over breakfast. I think I can deal with this Euro trash. What the fuck are you talking about? No, you can't. They are like they've got like weapons. They they've like without any any flinching killed a bunch of people already. And yeah, you think, I yeah, know. no, I can just go through. Um, 
And yeah, and obviously probably the best line in that entire movie, there's a movie full of amazing lines, but it's when he's like trying to kind of like, you know, smarmy, sweet talk Hans Gruber. And Alan Rickman with this like brilliant, almost shocked expression of like, I cannot believe the the, the kind of wankiness of this guy in front of me. He's like, oh, you've really thought this through, haven't you? Wow, you're, you're so perceptive. And he's just like completely, and he's, Alan Rickman's brilliant <laughs> in that scene, but he's like, Hans, booby, like, I'm just, it's just, it's, yeah, <laughs> great movie. He is, great he movie. is an absolute knob, that guy. Um, <laughs> last, last honourable mention from me, again, expanding the concept, I guess, if we're talking about 80s and we're talking about being mean, or films in the 80s and general nastiness, my last point would be the crowd in the train station in the elephant, man. <laughs> It's the whole group of because there is no need for that. <laughs> and obviously, I've had a few. Whether they make the show is always debatable. I've had a few pops at the Elephant Man myself, uh, but uh, nothing in comparison to what, how they torture that guy. And the Elephant yeah. Man. Well, I think it maybe it was nineteen eighty, or it's definitely. But there you go. More eighties meanness on the menu. <laughs> So that's it. Our favourite, or rather least favourite, 80s douchebags, or probably just arseholes in general. I think this episode <laughs> just to be called the arsehole episode. Um, that's going to get demonetised, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I think we've, we really went to town. on. We covered all the, the complete variety of jackasses. Uh, but say that uh, this is in any way complete or comprehensive. If there's someone we've missed out, and you've got a suggestion, maybe even for a future topic that you want us to chat about, or you even like what we do with our visual stuff and our memes, just drop us a line. We're very friendly. And you can reach us at on Twitter at sbig-podcast. Uh, on Instagram at sbigpodcast. Oh, and we also have an email as well, sbigpodcast at outlook.com. We still haven't decided whether SBIG or SBIG is going to be the nom de, nom de plume of the, uh, of, of the thing. <laughs> Wait, actually, so I, I was thinking this. Why do I call it that and you call it this? Uh, I think probably because it's on the tip of my tongue to say the Notorious SBIG podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can't really do that with SBIG. Um, but anyway, that's all for this week. Thanks for watching and listening, as always. Make sure to check out our other stuff. We've got a big backlog of our main project if you will or the one yeah. we did prior and either way uh, thanks again and we'll definitely see you soon so bad as good is an independent podcast created by max and ash and published on anchor with music also created by anchor all views and opinions expressed are our own and for the purposes of entertainment be kind rewind have you have you have you seen Dunkirk yet? No, I haven't. Okay, well then do that. Like, what? I'm willing to chance that. Well, like I say, I like the Prestige. Got nothing wrong with the. Uh, Prestige I like that. Fantastic. I think it's one of his better. Have you seen? You've seen Memento, obviously, because you can't stop mm. bang banging on about that guy. Have you actually seen the Dark Knight trilogy? Yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Went to see. I saw the Dark Knight. Was the first one I went to see. Okay. Um, and then I hadn't seen the Batman Begins, and then I did see it later, but really hated that. I did like the Dark Knight.
Um, I got you know because obviously you can't knock the performance, um, and then wasn't too fussed on on the Bane one. 